the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Today's Sunday edition follows a series of episodes about business law. I had an interview with Amy Childs, executive coach and Vistage chair, on September 2nd, 2023. On a Sunday edition about the business life cycle, that aired on September 3rd, 2003. Then there was a Sunday edition about the business judgment rule. That was September 10th, 2023. And in today's Sunday edition, I'll discuss some risks that might expose you to liability and resulting judgments or liens, discuss some court cases that interpret some of the statutory exemptions, and provide a list of assets that are not exempt that you might have. And I'll ponder about what Spider-Man and the Bible have to say about those of us who have non-exempt property. I'm having a a seminar soon at the Dominion Country Club on September 21st from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. At that event, you'll learn how to help your business grow and be ready for any big changes from expansion to legacy planning how to reinforce your business's legal framework as your company scales, how to protect your business when things like marriage or divorce happen, how to keep your assets safe, like top-performing CEOs, how to build an elite advisory team for your business to help you make big business decisions, and how to make company decisions when dealing with uncertainty and so much more. I'm Todd Marquardt. This is Talk Law Radio Sunday edition on KLUP 930 AM, The Answer. You can also listen to my shows that air Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock in the morning. There I interview people. I talk about the law. My mission is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Before I get started talking about today's topic, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the good that you give to us. Thank you for the blessings that you give to us. Help us to see our blessings. Help us to experience your love. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, for failing to follow your will. Help us to follow your will, the path that you have for us, more closely. Help us to do everything we do 
for the good of your people, for our own good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to talk about today's topic, which is uh, business exempt assets, non-exempt assets, and the risks that you might be facing. The sponsor of our show today is Marquardt Law Firm. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Also, new businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. A number of our clients are self-made millionaires. For the most part, they started with less than a million dollars and over time built up their wealth. For example, maybe they started with purchasing a home. Maybe then they began purchasing investments in real estate and securities, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Maybe after that they acquired a vacation home, recreational ranch, or farm property, or maybe they started to invest in rental properties. Some of the risk that business owners and CEOs and C-suite level executive officers face could be auto accidents. I believe uh, driving is one of the most dangerous things that regular people do. We could get in an accident and it change our life forever or take our life. Business setbacks. You know, when you make a business decision that seemed good at the time but results in a financial loss for the business, that that happens. That's part of the risk of being in business. Children are a risk. You might have babies, you might have toddlers, you might have teenagers. Uh, At any of those ages, uh, you could suffer a financial setback because of something they did that wasn't necessarily your fault. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. If it puts you at risk, you need to be aware of it. Contractual disputes with your vendors, suppliers, manufacturers, clients, customers, patients, uh, any of those things could come up even if you're doing the right thing. Death, disability, divorce, employee lawsuits um, because they're upset about the way they were treated at work or the, the way another employee treated them. I mean, you can't babysit these employees all day, every day. There's also frivolous lawsuits where people uh, make a mountain out of a molehill or fabricate things out of thin air. Maybe because they think you have money that they can get to. Uh, You might have a target on your back just because of your profession or just because of your financial success or perceived financial success and wealth. Mistakes that cause your clients, customers, and patients financial damage. That could be a professional liability risk. Could be a professional mistake. Still, it's a risk that business owners are subject to every day. 
And so that's why it's good to know about exempt property. The Texas Constitution in Article 16, Section 49 states, The legislature shall have the power, and it shall be its duty to protect by law from forced sale a certain portion of the personal property of all heads of families and also unmarried adults, male and female. That was established in February 15, 1876. From there comes the Texas Property Code section 42.001. This is personal property that's exempt. It says uh, personal property as described in section 42.002 is exempt from garnishment, attachment, execution, or other seizure if the property is provided for a family and has an aggregate fair market value of not more than $100,000. Subparagraph 2, or the property is owned by a single adult who is not a member of a family and has an aggregate fair market value of not more than $50,000. There are some court cases that help help interpret some of the rules in uh, Chapter 42 of the Texas Property Code. The first case I'd like to talk about is N. Ray Haynes, which is a bankruptcy case. The interesting thing that is left out of these bankruptcy cases is that they don't tell us why the person went bankrupt or what caused the person to need to seek bankruptcy protection. So it's mostly about the law. And I'll begin. The issue in this case is how many firearms may joint debtors in a bankruptcy case claim as exempt in accordance with the Texas Property Code. Another more specific issue is whether the Texas Property Code Section 42.002A7 in conjunction with Sections 42.001A1 and A2 should be interpreted to allow debtors to only claim two firearms as exempt in all cases or to allow joint debtors the opportunity to double the allowance and exempt up to four firearms. The law comes from Chapter 42 of the Texas Property Code, and it it governs personal property exemptions. And and I just read that just a moment ago, that the value of exempt personal property for a family is $100,000, and the value for a single unmarried individual is $50,000. Then under section 42.002, it lists specific items of personal property that are exempt. In this, uh, in A7, the the list includes, quote-unquote, two firearms. It does not state whether the prescribed limit on the number of exempt firearms is the same for a single debtor or a married couple. The court reasoned that Section 42.001 is clearly designed to be applied to both individual debtors and joint debtors rather than always on a per-debtor basis. 
both sections 42.001 and 42.002 state when exemptions should be adjusted based on the number of people to whom it is being applied. Specifically, section 42.001 is subject to statutory caps on the aggregate monetary value of personal property that may be claimed as exempt and the amount of the cap is different for a family and a single individual who is not a member of the family. Personal property listed in the next section, 42.002, lists personal property that may be exempt. It's listed in, in categories rather than specific numbers of items. But three of those subsections give specific numbers. And subsection A7 is one of those. Exemption is limited to two firearms. And A10 limits exemptions to a particular number of horses, mules, donkeys, cattle, livestock, and fowl. Subsection A9 allows a specific number of motor vehicles and specifies for each member of a family or single adult who holds a driver's license. The court reasoned that the Texas legislature knew how to increase the number of exempt items for spouses or a household, as it did in Section A-9, but purposefully, they say, did not do so for A-7, which is the two firearms section. There was another court case that the this, this court in Ray Haynes found instrumental, It was another case that had an issue about firearms. The court had to determine if the term firearm in the Texas Property Code included 18 antique guns that had been mounted and hung on walls for display, which the debtor in that bankruptcy case claimed as home home furnishings, including heirlooms. And in that case... Uh, the court decided that even if they were on the wall for display, they were still firearms and they were still limited to two. So that's the the basic, basic rule that should come out of this case is that uh, no matter your status, if you declare bankruptcy, you're only going to be allowed to keep two of your firearms The rest are going to have to be sold and paid to the creditors. There's another court case, uh, Dryden versus Dryden. This is from uh, 2001. The the person in this case, it was not bankruptcy. It was uh, probably a divorce or child custody case where the the, uh, plaintiff, the wife was granted a money judgment against the defendant for child support arrearage, which arrears means that um, they were behind on their payments. The defendant was behind on his payments. And so she asked the court to enforce the money judgment by obtaining writs of garnishment and execution on the property. Writ of garnishment is trying to garnish from his paycheck. Execution on the personal property means uh, taking his personal property and 
selling it to pay her what the court decided that he was uh, already already owed her. And uh, the defendant said, this is constitu- unconstitutional. Remember, we, we talked about Article 16, Section 49 of the Constitution that says, the legislature shall have power and shall be its duty to protect by law from forced sale certain portion of the personal property of all heads of families and also of unmarried adults, male and female. He said that um, Section 42.005 of the Texas Property Code was unconstitutional because it accepts individuals who owe child support from those protections afforded to debtors and other sections of the code. The I, I liked this case because it has some history behind it. The the commentary from 1993 uh, stated that section Article 16, Section 49 of the Constitution was created for the purpose of protecting debtors from destitution or their families from deprivation or support of support or the public from the danger of their becoming charges. You've heard that a charge of the state. The Constitution provides that the legislature shall have the duty of enacting statutes which stipulate that certain personal property of debtors shall not be liable to seizure and sale under legal process for the payment of their debts. The freedom so conferred is termed an exemption. Exemption laws are founded on public policy. The purpose underlying legislation is securing to the unfortunate debtor the means to support himself and his family, the protection of the family being the main consideration. It's nice to hear the reasoning of the legislature, what was the purpose, what was the public policy behind the law. Another uh, person, a professor, David Anderson, uh, also uh, wrote about this. He described the history as follows. The origins of this section lie in the Spanish civil law, which prevented creditors from seizing personal property such as clothing, tools, and furniture. The idea found its way into the law of Texas in 1839, when the Congress of the Republic passed a statute giving each citizen or head of family an exemption from creditors. The 1875 convention probably had this statute in mind when it adopted the present constitutional language directing the legislature to protect by law from forced sale a certain portion of the personal property of all heads of families and also of unmarried adults, male and female. I think the editor of that was George D. Braden in 1977. Okay, so back to the statute at hand, 42.005. The court found that uh, it was not unconstitutional because child support is not a debt. The court said the obligation to support one child is not a debt, but a natural and legal duty. The child support obligation does not become a debt merely because arrearages have been reduced to a judgment that is enforceable in the same way as a judgment for a debt. I thought that was very interesting. Okay, the next case 
is called In Re Borchers. It's a bankruptcy. And this case uh, interpreted the exempt status of life insurance. If you're interested in this, um, email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com, and I will email you my outline of this case. I'm running behind a bit, and so I want to skip this section. Some things that I've identified as probably definitely uh, not exempt is uh, rental property, because only your homestead is uh, exempt, vacation homes, non-working farms and ranches just for recreational purposes, brokerage or investment accounts, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, money market accounts, recreational vehicles such as motorcycles, four-wheelers, go-karts, side-by-sides, boats, and jet skis. Uh, When you have second or third automobiles for each uh, licensed driver in your household, antiques, collectibles, gold or silver, artwork, of course, uh, if you have more than two firearms in the household. So you should know if you have non-exempt property, you should come to my seminar on September 21st. If you have friends or family members that have non-exempt property, ask them to come meet me at the Dominion Country Club on September 21st at 8 o'clock in the morning. But register in advance by calling 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or go to marquardtlawfirm.com and chat. I also pondered, what would Peter Parker, Spider-Man, say about this? Well, remember in the movie... Peter Parker's uncle said, quote, unquote, remember, with great power comes great responsibility. So I know it's not the same thing. Spider-Man had this unbelievable strength. Um, well, I think of having assets that are non-exempt in excess of the exempt assets that you have. I, I think that That's also a sort of power when you have greater responsibility. It also reminds me of a passage from the Christian Bible where Jesus told his disciples a parable about a faithful and wise manager. Quote, Jesus said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. End quote. Jesus continues describing what happens if the manager is not wise and faithful. Look it up in the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 41 to 48. The point comes at the end when Jesus says, quote, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more, end quote. So I paraphrase that as, to whom much is given, much is required. Again, I want to mention the seminar 
how to shield your business assets and legacy from common pitfalls. Please RSVP to ensure adequate seating and refreshments. This workshop will be held at the Dominion Country Club on Dominion Drive in San Antonio on Thursday, September 21st at 8 a.m., but you must register. We will turn you away if you're not registered. So call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278 to register. I also wanted to, to mention some things about why I do the radio. Uh, I'm being challenged by some of my friends to explain this in, in great detail. My purpose for Talk Law Radio is, number one, to do my part for Jesus in the Great Commission to go and tell others about Jesus, to be a light, an example of how this lawyer, me, lives his faith. Number two, inspire others to pursue their dreams, create a legacy that is legally protected and that can be passed on to their loved ones. I think it's incredibly important that we all pursue our dreams and pursue happiness. It's in the Declaration of Independence. Number three, to protect others from ignorance of the law by making them aware of hidden legal blind spots, helping others see opportunities that the law provides for individuals and business. I'll look it up sometime. There's actually a statute that says ignorance of the law is no excuse. And number four, with all of the aforementioned as an awareness of constitutional rights, to defend constitutional freedom, exercise liberty, and strengthen the national economy, of which this prosperity benefits all of us, and further, by pouring out this charity, which benefits the rest of the world. So that's it for this Sunday edition of Talk Law Radio. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about me. Uh, Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, Watch live on Facebook or uh, listen to my podcast. You can find podcasts anywhere. Just search for Talk Law Radio. Thank you. I'm Todd Marquardt. I'll talk to you later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.